0: Welcome to the Chalkalife Podcast. Well, hello, Michelle. Thank you for um, agreeing to chat today about working as a nanny and how you started. Hello. So um, let's start with, uh, I met you a, a little while ago and found out that you moved from Canada to work in Switzerland. Can you sort of tell me how you came about deciding to do that and what tools you used?
1: Okay, so I work in France, but I uh, live really close to Switzerland, so it's kind of both. I decided to do it a couple of, probably over a year ago, and I wanted to um, find a way to learn French, improve my French, and to travel as well. Uh, I traveled in Europe a couple years ago, just backpacking, and you kind of you get a really good sense of the places that you visit, but you are there for two days, maybe three, and you don't get to meet the people that actually live there and get to know people, so I kind of wanted to experience that. And I chose France based on the language and wanting to learn. Uh, so yeah, and then I looked at it as like, how do I kind of get paid to be over there? Like, how do I how do I stay long enough to get to know the the place that I'm going to be living in? And so, for me as a young person, it was it was a no pair um, opportunity that I started researching because I've had. I've had friends who have done it and uh, different countries all over the world, but for me, that seemed like kind of the best path to go forward.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting that you say it's such a difference when you travel, even if you have months to travel, say backpacking, and when you live and work in a place, it's just a completely different experience, don't you think?
1: yeah I mean, I backpacked for three months uh in Western Europe, so we did spend like weeks at a time in different countries, but it's so different and you can live with somebody for the area in that city, but you don't you don't really talk to people and you don't get to know a little bit about their kind of customs and their traditions until you really move to that country
0: So how did you go about finding out? What websites? Because you you found this job through a website or this opportunity, but you said you've had some interesting you found some interesting things about some of the websites that weren't so good.
1: Yeah, so I kind of started broadly by just googling that all the different kinds of sites you can find. I didn't really know one. I've had friends who've done au pairing but you know, I've gone through different channels. Some people do. They know people, and some people just meet them online. So. I googled it and then I had like a a few sites and I started breaking them down by which ones um, what kind of information they ask you for in your profile because some of them are very personal and they want your address and they want your telephone number and all that stuff before you can make a profile which makes sense but for me I looked at it and I was looking at exactly what they wanted for a few days uh, wondering if I even wanted to put my information in because everything that goes on online now but uh so I kind of narrowed it down to a couple sites and then I looked at the different services they have because a lot of them now, almost all of them, have like a free membership and then a premium membership, which is where you have to pay to use it. And frankly, I didn't, I don't think you need to pay to do it. So I looked at what the free services offer and like started after I made a profile on, on two sites, I started um, looking at like, are you able to message a family willingly? without paying, and like, can they message you? So I looked at the sites in that, from that perspective because there is a lot of ways that they try and make money off you. Right. And uh, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't met anyone who actually uses the premium services, so I don't think you ever need to. But maybe for families, from their perspective, it's easier because sometimes you can't, on some sites, you can't actually message someone directly. If you like their profile, you need to favorite them and then they might see that you- and they can message you because they're the family so like it totally depends on the the site you're going through but sometimes it's a bit of like a, a game you're playing back and forth sending out favorites and likes and
0: <laughs> right right which I'd- that could just become it's almost like online dating then it sounds it like. is well it's that's how i describe it to
1: everyone who asks me like what process I use, I just say, well, frankly, it's online dating, (laughs) because you make a a profile. It's kind of like Facebook or Twitter, but it's not the same, because you're looking for something specific, and you want these characteristics, and you want to know, like, how many kids do they have, and what kind of sports do they do, and, you know, where do they live? That's a big question. And some of the people write nothing on their profile, like, oh, hi, we want a big sister for our kids, and some people write, like, pages and pages so and that, it would depends. Think,
0: yeah, that would be really telling because if someone writes a lot they obviously are uh... caring a little bit more about their kids and who they're gonna have in their household
1: yeah would think. exactly and well, sometimes you can see um, on the sites response rate almost all the time they have like uh... if you write back if they don't write back to anyone and they have like a zero percent response rate then you know for me i'm not gonna probably write to them because <laughs> No it's not useful like and you spend a lot of time like in online dating, you send out a lot of emails and you spend kind of i spent like weeks just filtering through people because you don't want to pick the wrong one and so <laughs>
0: right exactly that's a bit it's a huge commitment and a lot of trust that you're putting into these people, yeah. so I'm just curious once you do choose a family. How does it work from there on? And I think you gave me two sites, which I'll list later on the blog post. But Yeah.
1: Um, so once you choose them, then it's your responsibility or to take it offline. So you can usually use Skype. That's what most people do. Uh, or they give you their email address, and you email or talk on the phone. Um, in my case, I we Skyped and emailed, so a little bit of both. I had a lot of information to go on in the beginning, and the first time I Skyped, well, I, I families, not just this one, but, like, uh, I would choose them kind of finalists, I would say, and then you Skype with them and you kind of narrow down whether you like them. I had two families that I, like, really considered, and um, when you Skype, I, well, for me, I kind of made a list of questions, because sometimes they don't answer everything, or if you've never done it, you have no idea what you want to ask, but kind of think about it beforehand, and then I ask them those things. And they ask you a lot of questions too. So um it yeah and you Skype and sometimes like the family I chose they their kids were there and the the two parents were there and they were really like um friendly and upfront and some families uh will just be one parent there to kind of give you a trial run and so it really depends on the situation. I had one woman who gave me a whole tour of her house on Skype just without knowing me like the beginning first 5 minutes. She wandered around and <laughs> Show me your house so you get a, an interesting <laughs> sense of the people right. <laughs> when, you, when you Skype with them.
0: Yeah. Well, and that makes me think what kinds of questions do you think now that you look back um, should someone ask, whether or not you ask them, but what would you suggest people ask are most important?
1: Well, it depends what they've listed on their profile, but if you haven't talked about it, like you need to ask them a, how much they're going to pay you. Like, I know it sounds odd to really bring it up but you really have to because <laughs> otherwise you're going to go for a few weeks and not know uh like the schedule I always ask like a typical work week um how many hours you're going to be working and uh because frankly like they have hours listed in all the governments for as many hours you can work a maximum for all the au pairs but to be honest it's like 37 hours or something a week and or less than no it's like maybe tw- 25 and that's not even possible because parents work over like 37-40 hours in most countries well, so what,
0: what do you mean exactly by that it's listed at 37 but or 25 uh,
1: but. sorry uh, there's I don't know the maximum but um, the government will set like uh, each government in the countries will set a maximum working hours per week for au pairs it's kind of like you know in your job you might work 37 and a half hours it's the same thing we have that too and you're supposed to go by that, but it's you should find out because a lot of times they'll want more and they need more because it makes sense that if they're working more, they need you to be there more. So you kind of maybe find out is the pay going to be adjusted based on that, or like will be I pay will we be hit extra for this, or you want to ask that kind of stuff. And I was always nervous about asking about the money, but and the additional like stuff that you might need, but you have to because otherwise you're going to be strung along and you don't know. Um, other questions I asked them was like uh, hobbies that they, they like to do like on the weekends because for me I was also looking for a family that was really close with each other and wanted to do things I mean they don't have to hang out every night and I certainly don't hang out with the family every night but like I want to be a part of the family and so I wanted to find out what they do if they have similar interests in me as me um, what else did I ask I, I uh different things about the kids, so, like, you know, you want to know, like, they have certain characteristics, um, if they're healthy, this kind of thing, if they do certain things every day, you want to know, like, that kind of thing. And they'll ask you, like, a lot of questions, too, so they'll ask you almost all of the same questions, but, um, and also another thing to prepare, if you're thinking of Skyping with a the family, they almost always will ask you, like, why do you want to be an au pair? Like, and so so it's kind of like going to a job interview when they ask you, like, why do you think you deserve this job? And you have to to kind of think about it in advance because, yeah, you know why, but you want to be eloquent, you know, when you're talking to them and kind of give you, have an idea. So it's kind of the things that I thought about.
0: Did they ask you if you'd had any experience with children before and was that important, do you think?
1: Oh, yeah. So on most of the profiles or the websites, they will ask you... That in one of the questions for the profile that you have to make, um, and then a lot of the families will ask as well again, and then they'll ask what kind of experience. So like, was it babysitting? Were you a nanny, or do you have? Are you a teacher? That kind of thing. Um, and then sometimes they ask for references, so they might ask for like previous people that you worked for. And um, yeah, in my case, I hadn't even had. I had babysitting experience like a lot of people have and it was years ago it was probably five years ago that I did that so all my contacts are like old people that I know from the past and I didn't luckily I didn't have to give a reference for this family it wasn't like their uh, priority but I did have to give it to other people so you know what I mean you have to kind of think about that like do you have someone that could vouch for you and it depends on the family some of them don't care and you know they if you're a good person if you seem like a really personable person then they're confident in that but some families you know they really want to go by the book and check it out.
0: Did any of them ask for a background check? A legal sort of background check?
1: No. No they didn't ask but I'm sure some of them do. Some of them ask some crazy things. But yeah.
0: And is France the only country that you looked at because you wanted the language skills?
1: I looked in Switzerland like the French part and I also looked in Belgium because they speak French there. Um, I chose this area because it was the closest between France and Switzerland <laughs> for me because I really like the mountain area. But yeah, I, chose, I looked in all three. And I talked to families in all three areas, too.
0: You're 25 years old, right? So there are some age restrictions. What can you tell me about age restrictions uh, for countries and things of that nature?
1: Um, in... France the age restriction is close to 30 I believe I'm not 100% but in or in Switzerland it's 25 so you, what I would what I did is you know you have to check because I was turning 25 and I hadn't I hadn't even applied to a family yet so you have to kind of keep an keep an eye on that and I had a friend who you know started in Switzerland right at, right before her 25th birthday cuz like you kind of have to it's country, and that's something you always want to check. They all have different rules. And uh, frankly, I think it's just that they, like the au pair program, it's supposed to be a young person that's going to do things with the kids, like be really active. And I think that's why they want them. And if you're going to live in a house specifically, they might want someone that's younger and more used to like living with a family.
0: And did you have to get a work permit? How, how did it work out moving to the country? And, and who pays for you moving? How do you get... legal rights to do this
1: so it also depends on where you're coming from which country um from canada i had to get a visa well all the eu au pairs in france don't have to get visas obviously but i had to have one um so you can have one for a max initially of one year and you apply for it a few months in advance you want to give yourself like well for me i gave myself probably five months but at least you want to have three months because you never know the rush and you have to apply, you have to fill in a lot of forms. The family has to start it off by applying or in the country that they're in to their office, their local office, the government office that deals with it. Then they get paperwork and they have to send that to you so you can go to your government office, you know, the embassy for that country and apply. And I had to make an appointment in advance and... um go with a lot of documentation. I needed a university or like high school diploma. Uh, I think I needed a lot of ID, like a lot of copies of your passports and all your different forms of ID. You needed like an international driver's license. You um, need a bunch of things. They ask you for a medical background check but then they, don't u- they didn't use it in my case. But then when you arrive you have to when you get your visa and you go through customs it's fine but then when you arrive within the first week I had to fill in more paperwork here and go to the office here and sign and do a bunch of different things and then in France what they do is they send you, it's very complicated in France, Uh, they send you different papers uh, through the mail and you have to, they make you an appointment for a medical exam so even if you had one at home they won't accept it you have to go to their doctor and you get you had to get a medical a chest x-ray which is funny because i never even had one and, and uh... you get a medical exam sort of kind of just like your physical or whatever and uh... they ask you questions about you know what you do at home and stuff like that in the office and then they stamp your passport with like a residency permit So until you have that, like within three months, you have to get that within three months of arriving here. And if not, then if you travel outside of France, you know, on vacation and then come back, they could give you problems because you don't have an official residency anymore. You just have a visa and that's not always good enough. And so it's complicated. And then there's even like some things in France they send you, well, you have to have your Social Security your health benefits and you have it immediately, but you really have to apply for it right away or else you won't get it, and you're supposed to send you a card, but that kind of takes a while. But you're still covered.
0: Oh, so So you you get their health insurance by being there working as a nanny?
1: It's not the families, it's the government, so it's the French, social security, you get Uh it. Um, So it's kind of like citizens would have. Um, I haven't had to use it yet, so I can't tell you too much about what it covers, but I heard Actually, I heard today that it covers, um, I don't know, like the basic minimum stuff and you still have to pay extra on top with whatever you're doing. But then I also took travel insurance um, because I thought that that would be a really smart idea because I I'd traveled um, a while before and I had it and I found it really useful and just as a good, like, makes you feel better kind of thing. It's not that expensive if you're young to get travel insurance. Um, I think I paid, like, $400 all year, and that's, like, well, pretty much nothing. And so that means that
0: if I travel to anywhere else outside of
1: France, like, I feel safer. I know that I have that, too.
0: Is that something, um, because you're Canadian, I would have thought that your Canadian health insurance would transfer, but you still got the travel insurance anyway. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, but you can't use your Canadian insurance here. Like, it won't if you're traveling at all within a word of like a couple weeks or something, you need, you need an extra insurance. And for me, like if I'm gone from, I had to tell my health, um, well health Canada that I was leaving because if you're gone for so many months, like after, I think it's six months in a year, if you're gone and that you don't write that you're tell them that you're working somewhere else in another country, if you're just traveling, then they can cancel your insurance there. So when you go back, you have to do all this paperwork. So it's a lot of, planning.
0: Right. So this isn't something you can do at at the spur of the moment. It does take a little bit of planning and and, um, paperwork. Well,
1: it depends on the country, right? So I had friends who came from other EU countries and they came within a month. They didn't, you know, because that's easy. Right. But if you're coming from far away and you're not coming from the EU, then yeah, for sure you need to plan. I mean, you can still do it within a couple of months, but you're just going to be really... Uh, scrambling I think.
0: And so do you know French?
1: French um, I do. I had a basic knowledge when I came here, well semi-conversational um, because I work in, in Canada in English and French sometimes. Uh, but then I was never really comfortable using it there so now I'm learning. And you, part of the visa that I forgot to mention is you have to take classes so the they government wants to see that you're taking a, a class to actively learn the language because the, the point of au pair, in, in a way, is to do a cultural exchange.
0: Really? So they, so they, you have to take language classes. That's interesting. Yeah. So then your family has to allow you the time to do that, I would think, then.
1: Yeah, so it depends on... I think the, well, the law in France just changed last year, I think. You used to be able to take it in Geneva, Uh, if you live close and you could that means like you can take it at night and you know go on your own time but now what they've done is they are saying that all the parents in France have to take French class in France which kind of makes sense but for me I have to go to my French class in the middle of the day three times a week so (laughs) it's a it's a lot yeah the family has to like really make a time and if you're looking after the kids the whole point is that you're there during the day but then you have to go to this class, so it is a bit tricky.
0: Well, and how do they monitor that, the French, or do they? Or is it kind of a, you know, honesty issue? Oh, the the government? Yeah.
1: They ask for the paperwork of, um, like, um, registration before you, when you apply in Canada, well, when I applied for my visa, they have to see that you've, they've paid um, the first semester or sometimes they ask for both semesters, like, so they have to sh- show that you've actively subscribed to this class.
0: Wow. And do you know any other au pairs in other countries? Is, is it similar anywhere else in the EU or?
1: Yeah, I know au pairs in Switzerland and then it's the same thing. They have to take classes. Um, it's not as, I, th- I mean, I don't know like if they have a spe- I don't think they have a specific school they have to take mine. In my case, I do, but, um, I know that they have to take it and they have to show that they're taking a class. I think it really depends on the country, but uh, that whole, yeah, the whole... It was ha- I was happy to take a class, but another thing that about the classes is that when, you ap- when you're applying and meeting families, you need to ask them that, like, who's paying for that class? Like, am I paying for it, or are you paying for it? Because in Switzerland, for example, they have to pay for your class. In France, they don't have to pay for it, so like, it's something you don't you have to check out.
0: Right. And what would you, so do you have a year contract, a year visa? How, how was that working?
1: It's a, it's a contract first and then it's also a year visa. Yeah. And then you can extend it up to six months, the visa. So you can technically be a year and a half as an au pair in the same country.
0: (laughs) I see. And what do you think? Are you happy that you did this? You've been there how long now?
1: three months. Uh, yeah, I'm happy now. I'm definitely learning French, and um, it's totally different from the work that I was doing at home. I wasn't working with kids. I was working in an office with adults. And it's every day is a little bit different here. So I kind of like that. It's a really nice change. Um, I don't think I could do it forever. I definitely know that after one year, one year and a bit, I think I'll be ready to return back to something else. Um, but it, uh, it's really a good experience and I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about patience. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I learned to drive standard, So that was kind of exciting (laughs) and and scary driving in France is insane.
0: Yeah, it is crazy. Well, and also (laughs) this family has given you, do you get weekends off? Are you, do you travel with them? Do you travel a lot on your own? How's that working out?
1: Um, I have weekends off. And most people do, unless they ask you specifically or they've made an arrangement with you. And uh, I have every other Wednesday off that's just specific to this family. And um, no, I don't really travel that much. Depends on where. And I haven't done that yet. I haven't really gotten into that. But I'm certainly always included in events and things that go on here in the house. So I don't feel left out. And sometimes I... I want to travel on my own, too, so I take days and do my own thing, too. Uh, Au pairs get vacation, so it's whatever the... It's a certain limit to the vacation. I think it was a minimum of two weeks that they have to give you in France, and then you can talk and maybe negotiate more because two weeks isn't very much. Um, So, yeah, you can kind of look at that stuff. So I have four weeks vacation, and, yeah, it's good.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. So... Anything else you would uh, do differently or last bits of advice you'd give to someone who is thinking of doing this?
1: Um, what would I say? Hmm. I would just say to don't hesitate to ask a lot of questions like in the beginning, because I was always, you know, at home debating, should I write that? Should I email that? I don't want them. Because once you choose them, yeah, it's, They they could still say no, and so I was just thinking, like, oh, I'm not sure if I should ask that question. Maybe it's too forward. But I would just ask it because you're going to live with them, so you want to know, and you want to be direct. And then I would also, yeah, I mean, it's also not just formal. It's also exciting. Like, you should think of it as a good thing, I guess, because I was really nervous. I'm a nervous traveler, so. But it's fun. (laughs) It's a worthwhile experience, I guess.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for um, chatting today. And I wish you the best of luck with your position and all your travel there in France. Thank you. (laughs) If you have any questions for Michelle or about becoming an au pair in France, go to Chocolife.com.